0: Hi, I want to open up this episode in prayer because I've been feeling this heavy burden over our city, over our state and over our country. Y'all, it is heavy out there and it is getting hotter and hotter and hotter by the day. So if you'll take a moment and um, just stop wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and let's just go to him in prayer and let's lay it down at his feet. Lord, we come before you humble and thankful for this day. We are hopeful in this heaviness that you have defeated all things that this world has birthed, and you will help carry our loads with us um, whenever we turn to you. Lord, this city is struggling. This state is struggling. Lord, this world is dying one moment at a time. Please draw us closer to you, Lord. May we walk in the calling that you placed on each of us. So that we can tell people the good news, Lord, that your sacrifice cancels all the sin that the world brings when we give our lives to you. That they can step away from this world and its sinfulness and walk in the glory of the eternal life that only you can promise. That when we fully commit to you that there is nothing and I mean nothing and no one this side of heaven or hell that can revoke what you have declared over us, Lord. We are saved in your name, we are made new and complete in your name, and all can be given to us, healed on our behalfs and restored in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Woo! Let's go, y'all. So, today I want to cover three super important ideas about calling. But before we talk about what we are called and what we're called to, We need to address the most important point, and that is who is doing the calling. He was called Jehovah Jireh, meaning our provider, not our jobs, not the government, but the Lord is our provider. He was called Adonai, our master, the one that we answer to. We do not answer to the world. He was called Rabbi, meaning teacher, the one that we learn from and the the one that we glean from. Jesus was called by his father to be named Emmanuel, which means God with us, like living with us and in us. And logos, meaning the word, Jesus is the word. And when we dig into the word, he abides in us. Or in Psalms, when he's called El Shaddai, meaning God Almighty, the God above all else. He was called by Mary Magdalene, Rabunai, my great one. When you're speaking to the father, y'all, you really need to dive into what each one of his names mean and what context you're calling upon him in and situationally why you're calling out to him. One of my favorite songs right now, I absolutely love, and it's called Gyra by Maverick City. I know that you know it. It is oh so good and It reminds us that when we are talking to the Lord and praying to the Lord and praising to the Lord, that we can call upon him by so many different names, depending on what's going on um, and what context we're praying to him in. They are worshiping and praising the Lord, saying he is enough. They're content in every circumstance because they know that he is good and that he will provide gyra, the provider of all good things. So we know what Jesus is called but what are we called what we are called by others doesn't feel the same now does it? Because we all know um, Jesus's name is above all other names. Most of the times when you think about someone calling you something, there's usually there this negative connotation that comes with it. Some like when someone calls you a name, that you don't really like, or a nickname that you don't really like, or calls you something in order to make fun of you or embarrass you, or calling you out for something that you did wrong, or that someone thinks didn't level to their standard or rise up to their standard. And I personally have spent the majority of my life attempting to fit into this world's standard of measure. And just let me tell you, it is a total waste of time to strive to meet the standard of this world. Because if you have looked around the socially acceptable standards that this world has set are not only sad, but they're unacceptable. So why would we ever want to fit into this worldly box? Do we want to pass on what a woman of God is supposed to be to our daughters? Or do we want to pass on this worldly view of what women are? Do we want to pass on a generation of men who lead their families in God's way or men who don't support their children and their wives? Second, these standards are not God's standards. Therefore, we are not of them and we are not for them. I want each of you so desperately to be set free of these unattainable standards. Begin to ask yourself in every question, in every worldly circumstance, is this of the Lord? Is it of the world? It will be clear most of the time, but sometimes it's kind of foggy. If it's foggy, then reach out to someone that you know is digging into the word and who loves you, and we will find a godly response to make it clearer. The Lord calls you to be loving children who tell others about Jesus and about the good news, not to conform to this world. When we do refuse to conform to the world and we dig into our relationship with Jesus, he begins to reveal what is the calling on our lives. A message has been, um, it's been poured over me in my walk with Jesus through so many different resources over the past six months. Um, It's been in books, in music, in uh, prophets. For example, Patricia Schreier wrote this book called A Resolution for Women, and in it, she writes about what breaks your heart, and that thing that breaks your heart is a burden that the Lord has given to you, and you are called to respond to that issue in order to reach those that are affected. So the thing that hurts you, that's part of your purpose. That's part of your calling. And then another example, just the other day, I was listening to Preacher Girl Summit. And if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't been a part of it next year in September, you have got to check it out. It's on Facebook and it's amazing. Uh, Pastor Shero from Hope City in New York. um, She's amazing. You've got to check it out. So she had this speaker on and it was a prophetess, Margaret Green, and she spoke. And as she was speaking, I felt like it was she was just talking to me. And she said, what bothers you the most is probably what you're called to. What disturbs you the most is what you're called to change. What frustrates you and you have the most compassion for is what you're called to. Again, just reiterating the message that the Lord has been pouring over over me for so long now. For me in my life, this has been so very true. About two years ago, I started a transitional house ministry here in Knoxville called Restored and Redeemed, and I was also working at the, as the children's ministry director at my church. And it was not that I did not love those children so very much, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord had broken my heart for the women in Knoxville, the single women, and the mamas of the children who had experienced lives that were similar to the one that I lived before Jesus saved me. One full of drugs and sex, some self-hatred mixed in there, lots of toxic relationships, abuse of every kind. So I started going around to these transitional houses and I started talking to these women and providing support any way that I possibly could and trying to fill any need that they had that I could possibly feel, whether it be through me or through people in the community donating to help meet their needs. Whether it be personal care items or clothing or just simply listening, sometimes someone just needs someone to listen to them. I begin to share my testimony with these women at their house meetings and through letters, and it began to have this impact on my heart that I, can, I could never explain. In 2 Peter 1.10, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus confirmed his calling stepping into this world and by a sacrifice when we confirm ours we're truly accepting the grace and the mercy and the gift that the Lord has given to us he accepted his calling we are to accept ours his calling is for us to come to him in repentance and love and receive eternal life in his kingdom Since we already know he called us, he has chosen us. Therefore, he has elected us to do work in his kingdom. He says we are chosen. We are set apart. We are anointed and appointed and announced with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he has handpicked and equipped us with the Holy Spirit and the armor of God to wear for protection. When Paul was in prison, he was writing um, this letter to the people of Ephesus. And in Ephesians 4, he starts to tell them, Therefore, a prisoner of for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Holy Spirit in the bond of peace. Even if you do not Know exactly what the Lord has created you to do. If you do all of these things in gentleness, humility, patience, love, and unity of the spirit through peace, you are walking in line with the Lord's will. Your purpose, I guarantee it, will become clear, clear, clear through your obedience and your adoption of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because the Lord calls us and we know that we have have a purpose. He's going to sometimes ask us to do things that we might not understand or give us gifts that we might not understand how to use. In First Kings chapter 3, King Solomon knows exactly what his calling is. He's the ruler of the nation of Israel. But the thing that Solomon prays to the Lord for is wisdom to lead Israel and the wisdom To recognize the difference between good and evil to lead them well. And to live a life that pleases God. So because the Lord knows that Solomon's heart is in the right place, the Lord blesses him with knowledge. He also gives him things and blessings that he did not ask for. That would personally bless King Solomon and others. Thank goodness our God listens to us. When we are walking in his purpose with his heart in the forefront, he not only rewards our faithfulness with blessings of what we prayed for, but also things that we didn't pray for that we didn't even know that we needed that are far beyond our wildest dreams. The thing that we can do differently than King Solomon, though, is to remain in God's will. King Solomon did not do that. Like we talked about earlier, Um, We should be praying and considering if the circumstances are within the Lord's will or if they are worldly, because if they are worldly, then it's not going to end well. King Solomon didn't do this. He went the way of the world. Yeah, he had all of the riches that he could ever want. He had all of the property and all of the ladies that he could ever want and all of the knowledge and wisdom. But he strayed from the Lord and he strayed from what the Lord had intended for him. And y'all, you can look at all of these self-help help books that they claim to give you 10 quick tips to help discover this purpose in your life. But your only calling is to be found in drawing close to him. He will reveal what your calling is. You don't need a self-help book. The only book you need is the Bible and to pray to Jesus. When you draw close to him, you walk this path that he set only for you and he prepares you for your purpose by equipping you with what you need to do your job only your job psalms 34 8 is one of my favorites and it says taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the one who takes refuge in him fear the lord you his holy people for those who fear him lack nothing the lions may grow weak and hungry But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing, meaning those who love him and walk in his ways will have everything they need to be content in every circumstance to survive any tragic situation, to give grace and to give love to everyone that they meet and to carry the word of God wherever their feet go. Recognizing our gifts and blessings is the final subject that I want to take you through. But I need to give you a little conditional disclaimer here first that came to me in this book that I was telling you about earlier by Patricia Schreier. Um, She says, If he endorsed your involvement, you can proceed with complete contentment and willingness knowing that he will always give back far more than you expected. She goes on to say that a, a contented woman when required to give of her time, her love, her resources, and herself can be secure in the knowledge that she possesses enough to do whatever he sent her to do. So good. So you don't have to fear about not having enough or not knowing enough or not being enough because he gives it to you. Yes, it may feel a little overwhelming in the beginning when you realize what he wants from you and what he asks of you, but be assured he gives you everything that you need to be able to do whatever he sends you to do. Isaiah 54, 50 verse 4 and 5, sorry, says that the sovereign Lord has given me a well instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning. Wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. In other words, when the Lord is in it and guiding it, you're going to know it that you better open your ears and shut your mouth long enough so that you can get clear direction. I know that sounds a little brutal, but sometimes we like to talk way too much. What's the saying? Um, God gave you two ears and one mouth so that you should listen more than you speak. You speak. My granny used to say that a lot. So let's get quiet. Let's pray. And then let's listen for guidance. When you are walking within your calling, he presents opportunities for you to work within his kingdom. In 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. y'all we all have different gifts and no one needs to be trying to use gifts that they don't have because their efforts are going to be fruitless just like in romans 12 it talks about the body of christ yes the church should be one body but there are lots of different body parts and they all have different functions it would be like your arms trying to do your feet's function it's not going to work So don't try to use someone else's gifts or their blessings because those are not for you. I like to think about it like it's Cinderella when those mean stepsisters are trying to get their monster gnarly feet into that dainty little glass slipper. Those shoes do not fit your hammer toes, sister. Stop trying to make them fit. Those sisters are not called to be princesses. Cinderella was. Those are her shoes. In other words, find your own shoes. God made shoes just for your feet. You need to find those shoes. Second disclaimer that put me in check, but it also freed me. And Pastor shared this with me one time, and I got the biggest relief from this advice. Elizabeth Horton said, Just because there is a need does not mean that it's your calling. Sometimes God's plan is to take you out of your comfort zone to get you where you need to be. Sometimes saying yes, isn't always about the position. It's about aligning yourself to what God has in store for you next. It's about obedience to him. His timing is perfect. And I have to tell you his timing in my life is so, so perfect. I didn't know why he called me to be the children's ministry director, but verse Matthew 25, 21 spoke to me very, very early in when I was praying about whether to accept that job or not. It says that the Lord will give you things to do. And if you do them well, the Lord will trust you with more and more things. I want to be very clear when I say working in children's ministry was the first act of obedience that I ever took in response to the Lord's calling for me. And I am so honored that he would give me the opportunity because that's such an important job, raising up the next generation of kids who believe in Jesus and love Jesus. Um, So I don't want to discredit that position at all because it's so important. It's vital to um, Christianity and believing in Jesus, um, moving forward into the next generation. But I do believe with all of my heart that he asked me to take that position, not because it was his call on my life, but to see if I would step out of my comfort zone and do something that I didn't understand, or even if I'm honest, that I really didn't want to do, but I did it because he asked me to do, and I just wanted to make him happy. So I did it, and I did it with the best of my ability for over a little over a year. And whenever he saw that he could trust me to do what he asked me to do, even that, even when I didn't understand the why, he gave me my next opportunity to take the seat that he had created just for me at Worthy Women Ministry as the supportive housing director. I work at the Supportive House for Women every single day in hopes to shine the love of Jesus on these women Our mission is to help them realize their worth and identity and purpose in Jesus Christ. We provide them with life skills and mentorship in hopes to help them become more self-sufficient. And I'm able to make an impact in the name of the Lord every day for the women that my heart has been broken for. I am so honored that the Lord would create a seat just for me. I'm so thankful for Pastor Jim and his wife, Jessica, who listened to the Lord when he put it on their hearts to have me lead the children's ministry. If they had not been obedient, I would not be seated where I am now. I'm so thankful for Mikkel, who listened to the Lord when he called her to start Worthy Women Ministry, and then she listened again when the Lord asked her to reach out to me And bring me into this beautiful ministry that he created for women in the world through Worthy Women. I am so blessed by every woman who is a part of this ministry and can't wait to see what the Lord does through them. And I pray that no matter what place you are in, that you begin to ask for the Lord's direction. And when he gives it to you, even though you may not understand that you obey and you move. You never know what path he has prepared for you, the steps that he is preparing you to take, the doors that he is opening that no man can close. And I beg you to get into the word and build a relationship with your father. Find your own shoes, ladies, and watch him craft a seat just for you. So I learned a new word. I love words and Their meanings um, through different languages and uh, the lineage of the words, the roots of the words. And there's a book called Strong's Concordance, and it breaks down all of the words into these amazing things. Um, So I want to pray it over all of you, and it's called Ecclesia, and it means the calling of those within a church body or assembly. In other words, all of us followers of Jesus are those who are called to serve Christ. I pray that you know that you are also called out of your old life to serve, to honor, to love, and to share his glory with others as a part of the body of Christ, not just in church buildings on Sunday, but taking the Holy Spirit with you everywhere No longer is the temple a physical building where the Lord dwells, y'all. You got to pick it up and take it out into the world because each of us are his temple and the Holy Spirit lives within each of us. I pray that you know that you're chosen. I pray that you know that you're set apart, that you're loved, that you're appointed, that you are anointed, that you are called. Step into your shoes and let's walk it out together. I love y'all so very much. And I hope that you are blessed by our talk today. Um, And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great night. God bless each and every one of you. Go find your shoes, ladies.